Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church Online today. So glad that you chose to be with us. My name is Anthony, and I help serve on the staff team here at Celebration Church, and I have the honor and privilege uh, to be able to share the word with you today. So before we get in the word, let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for your love and your goodness and your mercy. Your mercies are new every morning. God, I pray for every person that is watching this morning. God, I pray that you would minister to their hearts right there in their living room, wherever they're watching from, God. God, you care, and God, you see, and God, you are mindful of all that's going on in their own personal life. God, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you begin to move to change lives, to change hearts. God, our hearts are wide open to what you want to do this morning. God, we give you the glory and honor. We give you the praise for being a caring, loving, gracious Father that you are. God, thank you for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, years ago, my wife and a group of us, we decided to go on a road trip to Let's Make a Deal. For those that don't know, Let's Make a Deal is a game show. Now, my wife and I are fanatics. We used to watch that game show It would come on at 2 p.m., and we would love to watch the show, and we would get a kick out of it because you have opportunities to win different prizes. And if you end up being the one uh, at the very end, you have an opportunity to win the big prize. So my wife and I and a group of us drive all the way to L.A. to the game show called Let's Make a Deal. Now, y'all was excited. Like, literally, now we're here in a moment, have an opportunity to win some prizes and perhaps maybe the big deal. So there we are, about 250 of us in the crowd. And guess what? Wayne Brady calls upon my wife and I. Y'all, I was excited. I was ecstatic. I was like, man, we have the opportunity to win a prize. So for the sake of time, because I was a little embarrassed, to be honest with you, uh, I'm going to move forward uh, to the game show. We end up winning a hot tub and a hammock, y'all. That's right, a hot tub and a hammock. I'm telling you, man, it was incredible. So for those that don't know, at the end of the game, you have an opportunity to go for the big deal if you have the highest amount of cash or the prize. Well, my wife and I actually had the highest prize cash, which was the hot tub and the hammock. So y'all listen, I didn't come all the way to Fresno, L.A. to to just win a hot tub and a hammock. No, I, I came to L.A. to go for the big deal. So Wayne Brady comes up to Shay and I, and he goes, are you going to keep the hot tub and the hammock, or are you going to go for the big deal? I said, we're going for the big deal, Wayne. So during commercial break, I look over to my wife, and I'm all, babe, what door, what number should we pick? What number should we pick, one, two, or three? And, you know, my wife's being my wife, babe, whatever number you pick, I'm with you. In other words, if I pick the wrong one, it's all my fault. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. So during commercial break, I'm praying, making it spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Like, Lord, what door should I pick? Should I pick door number one or door number two and door number three? So there we're in our moment, in a live moment at Let's Make a Deal, have an opportunity to go for the big deal. My wife and I are next to Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady's letting us know it's going to be okay. And so I let Wayne Brady know, hey, I'm going to go for number one. So what they do is they decide to open up door number two, and thank God it wasn't the big deal. So here's our moment. Could it be the opportunity that we're going to win over $26,000? 
And he goes, what's behind door number one? Y'all, you know what we won? We won a Zespa. A scooter, y'all. We won a scooter. And, and, and let's make a deal, Bean. Let's make a deal. Decide just to rub it in our face. And hey, let's go ahead and see what's behind uh, curtain number three. And uh, they go ahead and remove the, the curtain. Guess what it was? It was a brand new car and a trip to Portugal, y'all. Y'all, I left that place feeling like a failure. I made a bad decision. I picked the wrong number. I should have picked door number three, and I ended up picking door number one. And I felt like I was horrible. I was beating myself up that day throughout the week. I was like, dang it, I should have picked door number three. Why didn't I not pick door number three? I mean, I would even let my friend Karina know, like, I was giving myself a hard time, and I felt horrible and everything. And throughout the week and throughout the month, I still think about it. And then years go by, and I still think about it like, darn it, I should have picked door number three. Sometimes, to be honest with you, there's times we don't watch Let's Make Big The Deal now anymore because... It rubs in my face that I didn't win the big deal. But the truth he told is I, I made a bad decision. I picked the wrong number, and I left that place feeling like a failure. And the reality is we all have failed. We all have made mistakes. We all have let people down. We have all have messed up. And perhaps in 2020 during this pandemic, the pressure of life has been getting the best of you. Stress has been getting the best of you. You've been making some bad decisions, and it's affected your life, infected your family members, those around you. Perhaps maybe it's affected your marriage, your finances. Perhaps some of the choices you've made have affected the people that love you dearly and you love dearly. But the truth be told is we all have messed up, either if it be a small mistake or a big mistake. But I got some good news for you today. Just because you make a bad decision doesn't mean you're a bad person. And just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you're a failure. And it doesn't mean you have to stay stuck in your mess. You see, there was a guy by the name of David. He was a young shepherd boy. Took care of his father's sheep. One incident, there was a lion and a bear that showed up. And how David took out the lion and bear with his own bare hands. And the same David that took out the lion and the bear with his own bare hands is the same David that took out the giant Goliath with a rock and a slingshot. You see, this David was a man of war, great influence, a well-known leader. He was a man after God's own heart. You see, this David had many accomplishments in his life, but David also made some bad decisions in his life. In fact, David probably had one of the most epic failures in the Bible, the Bible talks about in 2 Samuel chapter 11, when the kings at springtime would go out to war, David chose to stay back at his palace while his commander and his mighty men were at war and at battle. And one late evening, he was relaxing on his couch. He decided to go to the rooftop of his palace, and from a distance, he sees this woman bathing, this beautiful woman bathing, and he wanted to get with her, so he sends one of his servants to see who is this beautiful woman to find out this was Uriah's wife. For those that don't know, King David's, one of King David's mighty men was Uriah. So here's David checking out Uriah's wife to find out David ends up sleeping with Uriah's wife Bathsheba, and he got word that she got pregnant. Can, can you imagine how David must have felt? He began to panic. He began to freak out. 
begin to panic, and so he decides to send forth to get Uriah so he can cover his mistake. He can cover his issue. So the Bible says that Uriah shows up at, at David's palace, and David's trying to get Uriah to go with his wife, but Uriah refuses to go with his wife because his mighty men and his commander were at war, and he refused to go home with his wife, so he ended up sleeping on the outside of the door of the palace there. So David gets word and finds out that Uriah doesn't go home. So David thought maybe, you know what, I'm going to get him drunk and perhaps maybe he can go over to his wife so that he can cover up his mistake. But David finds out Uriah refuses to go. So what David does is he writes a letter and he gives the letter to Uriah. And Uriah takes this letter to the commander of Joab. And in the letter, David sets up Uriah's death. And that's exactly what happened. Uriah died in battle. But Sheba, Uriah's wife, gets word. She begins to mourn. She begins to cry over his, her husband's death. There was a prophet by the name of Nathan. He gets word by the Lord. And the Lord speaks to Nathan and says, David has done evil in my sight. So Nathan shows up to David's palace. And he begins to share a parable with him. And David gets heated. David is angry. David is mad. David is upset, and he says, this man deserves death. And Nathan says, you are that man. Man, can you imagine? David is face to face with the reality of his mistakes. I know how I feel sometimes when I'm faced with the reality of my mistakes I don't know about you, but sometimes when I make a mistake, I let it get the best of me, and I begin to beat myself up, and I feel like I'm a horrible person. I feel like I'm no good. I allow shame and guilt to eat me up on the inside, and I allow it to get the best of me because I've made some bad decisions in my life. And that's exactly how David must have felt, was he made some bad decisions in his life, and it got the best of him. But the only problem about responding that way, it keeps us stuck. And if we're wanting to move forward, when we make bad decisions, we're going to have to respond differently. I actually love how the Bible tells us how David responded to his situation. And I would love to read out of Psalms 51 and pull out three things that David did that I believe is going to help us when we make bad decisions so we don't stay stuck in our failures so that we can move forward. The very first thing that David did was look up. You see in Psalms 51 verse 2, it says it like this, God, give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. I know your abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt because your compassion is so great. Take away this shameful guilt of sin. Forgive the full extent of my rebellious ways. And erase this deep stain on my conscience. You see, the very first thing that David did when he messed up was looked up. In other words, he went to God. Notice David's approach when he approached God. He's, notice what he said. I know your abundant love. He says, give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. He says, your compassion is so great. You see, David knew who his God was. Therefore, he was not afraid to go to God in the middle of his mess. 
And can I encourage you today that you don't have to be afraid to go to God in the middle of your mess. You don't have to be afraid to go to God in your mess. You don't have to be afraid to go to God in your dysfunction. You don't have to be afraid to go to God in your shame and your guilt and your regret. You don't have to be afraid to go to God in your addiction. Can I remind you that our God is full of love, that our God is full of mercy, that our God is full of forgiveness. And my God is not wanting to judge you or punish you, but God is wanting to help you and God is wanting to heal you he's the only one that can take the shame and guilt that is trying to weigh you down he's the only one that can give you peace he's the only one that can give you satisfaction he's the only one that can give you hope and healing and restoration he's the only one that can give you peace he's the only one that can give you the rest that you need he's the only one that can give you a new beginning for the Bible says if anyone be in Christ, he is a brand new creation. And old things pass away. And behold, all things become new. I want to encourage you today that God loves you and he has forgiven you. He has wiped away your past mistakes. He has wiped away that guilt, that shame. He's wiped away the stain that's getting the best of you. He's the only one that can give you new beginnings. So next time. When you're face to face with the reality like David was, when he was face to face with the reality of his bad decision, the reality of his mistake, let's be like David. Let's look up. Let's go to God. Let's ask for forgiveness, receive his forgiveness and celebration. Let's ask God for his involvement. The second thing that David did was he looked in. Notice what the scripture says in Psalms 51, verse 6. It says it like this. I know that you delight to set your truth deep down in my spirit. So come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom. You see, David looked into his heart and he did a self-evaluation. In other words, David went back to the drawing board and said, God, my way led down the wrong way. My bad decision brought pain to my life and brought pain to other people's lives. And I don't know about you, but to be honest with you, I know in my own personal life, I've brought pain in my life and I've brought pain to other people's lives because I've made some bad decisions. You know, before I moved here to Fresno to go through our internship here at Celebration Church, I lived in Salinas. California, and I was a part of the Celebration Church there in Salinas, and I was involved in church work there and helping out in ministry to a degree, and I decided as I was helping out, I'm going to go ahead and play football, and I know many of you don't know this, but I've had people tell me and share with me that you can go and play Division I football or possibly even play in the NFL, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to pursue that go that direction, pursue that career, and try to become an NFL player. So what I decided to do is enroll myself in college, and I started playing football, and God began to use me in that arena because God can use you anywhere if you allow him to use you, and my heart was open. But the truth be told is I was at the wrong place at the wrong time, just like David was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I was in a so-called relationship, a dysfunction relationship with this particular person, and it wasn't going well in our relationship. So one particular day, I'm at college there in the library, the place I probably shouldn't have been. And out of nowhere, I see this gorgeous, beautiful woman. To find out, she liked me. She was stroking my ego. 
She was making me feel good. All along, I'm supposed to be in a relationship with this person, but now I'm, in a I'm trying to pursue this person. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and call it off with her so I can be with her. And what I did is I ended up messing up. I ended up falling short and did things with her that I shouldn't have done multiple times. And I remember in that moment after I messed up, I felt in my heart, if you don't stop, you're not going to fulfill the ministry call that I have for your life. So I felt in my heart that I had to reach out to my leaders, my, my pastors, and to be vulnerable. Trust me, it wasn't easy. Trust me, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy to be able to be vulnerable and to get it in the light. So I had to make a decision. Am I, am I going to be vulnerable? Am I going to be real with my leader? Am I going to be real with my pastor and let him know that I have some issues in my life, that I have some patterns in my life, and they're, they're getting the best of me? And maybe you, you can relate with me that you have some issues in your life. You have some patterns in your life, and there's things that you're doing you know you shouldn't be doing, and it's in the dark, but you believe in your heart. You know you need to get in the light, and I'm so grateful that I made that decision to get it in the light. But trust me, it wasn't easy, but I'm so grateful I did. I'm so grateful that I got it in the light. I'm so grateful that instead of me hiding it, I got it in the light. And God began to bring healing and restoration in my life. And just like Nathan the prophet confronted David, instead of David justifying his mistake, instead of David coming up with excuses why he is the way he is, David chose to own his mistake. And I believe if we're going to learn from our mistakes, we're going to have to own our mistakes. We're going to have to stop justifying, and we're going to have to own it and be open and say, that is me, just like David did. And I love how David said, I know you delight to set your truth in my heart. Search the hidden places of my heart. Teach me your wisdom. And I believe today God is saying, I want to come into your heart, but will you let him in your heart? Because the only way he can bring true healing in those dark places is if you open up your heart and say, like David did, search the hidden places of my heart, God. God, I know it looks like I got everything together on the outside, but truly on the inside, my life is hurting. My life is broken. I have, I, I've allowed these things to get the best of me, and because of that, I'm truly hurting on the inside. And I got a feeling there's some people that are watching this morning. You, 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 you've been making the same mistakes over and over, and it's a pattern just like I kept making the same mistake in the weakness of that area. And the weakness of that area were women in my life, and I allowed it to get the best of me, and it was ruining my life. It was ruining my reputation. It was, it was hurting me, but I had to come to a moment where I had to be real with God. I had to be real with my leaders, and I had to get in the light. And I said, I had to be real and say, God, here I am. God, I'm not perfect. God, I made some mistakes. And God, I, I judge myself. And I'm telling you something, when you begin to look within your heart and you do a self-evaluation and you allow God to come into the hidden places, that is when you will experience true healing in your life and you'll walk in freedom. And my friend, that's exactly what King David did. He knew he was wrong and he admitted it and he stepped up to the place and said, God, that is me. I'm so grateful that David had a Nathan in his life. We need Nathans in our life. Not people that will hurt us or be mean to us, but people that believe in us, people that love us, people that will speak truth in our life, not to hurt us, 
but they speak truth in love to help us to walk in the call that God has called us to walk in. And I'm so grateful that that leader in Salinas chose to walk in love. And I'm grateful that I had someone to go to to allow to speak truth into my life. And I'm so grateful that I had a choice to make. I'm either going to take heed to his wisdom or reject that wisdom. And I'm so grateful that I chose to be like David when Nathan confronted him. He took heed to the wisdom of Nathan. And I did the exact same thing. And God has set me free. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a Pastor Terry and Salinas. I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for a Pastor Randy and a Pastor Cherie, a Pastor Randy to speak wisdom into my life. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't be part of this church. I, I wouldn't be married to my beautiful wife and I wouldn't have a beautiful girl, Jada, that's eight years old, that's changed my life if I hadn't got it in the light, if I had if I, if I didn't be real and vulnerable with my God, and if I didn't allow God to speak into my situation, my friend, it's time to learn from our mistakes. It's time to make those adjustments. God has a great calling and a great purpose for your life. And I'm so grateful because I made the right choice. I'm alive today. And I'm here to share with you today this message that has helped me. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful to be a part of one of the most incredible churches in the world with some incredible people that I get to do life with. So let's be like David. When God confronts us, it's not to hurt us, but it's to heal us. It's not to hurt us, but it's to heal you. My friend, don't defend yourself anymore. I used to do that often. Even if I was right or wrong, allow God to move in your heart and your situation. Allow God to minister to your heart. So let's be like David. Let's look in. Let's do a self-evaluation. And let's be honest and open. Allow God to come into our situation Let's let mistakes be our teacher and not our defeater. The third thing that David did was he looked out. You see in Psalms 51 verse 12 through 15 says it like this. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to the rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, oh God, who saves. Come on, man. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, oh Lord, that my mouth may praise you. Come on, somebody. You see, David didn't stay stuck in his guilt. David didn't stay stuck in his shame. The moment he looked up, looked in his heart, and did a self-evaluation, he got his eyes on his future. And he looked out and said, I will have joy again. I will obey in the future. I will use this experience to help someone. My friend, God wants to use your story. God wants to use your dysfunction. God wants to use your brokenness. 
God wants to use you to help someone out with your story to bring people to Jesus. It's about the bigger picture. And I love how David was humble enough to say, God, I may have messed up, but God, I'm going to allow my story, my experience to help someone else out. And I got a feeling God is getting ready to use your story to bring someone to Jesus. God is getting ready to use your story to bring restoration to your marriages. God's going to use your story to help people to get better in their finances. God is going to help your, use you to, to help, uh, help other people to help people get through what they've been going through. Because God is going to use your experience. God is going to use your story. My friend life change does not stop with you but life change starts with you and God is going to use you to make a God difference in the world around you and I'm here to inspire you I'm here to encourage you this morning that my God is getting ready to use your story that it's a setup I'm here to encourage you God is getting ready to use you to bring hope to hopeless situations when they see your life they're going to be all in amaze who is this that changed your life you're going to let them know it was my God that restored me it was my God that healed me it was my God that delivered me it was my God that set me free can I share my story with you because I know a man by the name of Jesus that healed me forgave me set me free I know a man because I was one once lost but now I found I was once blind but now I can see and I'm here to encourage you God is going to use your experience to help someone out God is gonna use your story and perhaps maybe you feel like you've done too much perhaps you feel like maybe it's too late but I'm here to tell you it's never too late with God Ah, perhaps maybe you feel like, but Anthony, you don't understand what I've done. But, but Anthony, you don't know what I've said. But, but Anthony, you don't know what, 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 what has been done to me or what I've done to people. But I'm here to tell you it's never too late with my God. Just because you've had some disappointments and you missed out on some appointments doesn't mean my God can't restore appointments. And I got a feeling God is getting ready to do some new beginnings in your marriage. God is getting ready to do new beginnings in your finances. God is getting ready to do new beginnings in your relationships. God is getting ready to heal your situation. Ah. But Anthony, it's too late. You don't know. You know what I did last night, and you don't know what what, what I was doing uh, a couple months back ago. But but I'm here to tell you, just because you get knocked down doesn't mean you can't get back up. Just because you've been knocked down doesn't mean you can't get back up. You see, David may have, may have been knocked down, but David got back up. Uh, David could have. David could have stayed stuck in his misery. David could have stayed stuck in his issue. David could have stayed stuck in his failure. David could have stayed stuck, but he refused to let go of his past. He went up to, he went upward, he went Godward. He went up, he looked up, he went to God. He did a self-evaluation. He looked into his heart, but he said, you know what, I'm gonna dream again. I'm gonna believe again. I'm gonna dream, I'm gonna believe again. I'm gonna have expectation again. I may have been knocked down by shame. I may have been knocked down by guilt. I may have been knocked down by my sin. I may have been knocked down by the enemy, but I'm gonna get back up and I'm here to encourage you. It's time to get back up. I know you. it's hard, it's tough, but get back up. I love what the scripture says in Micah chapter seven, verse eight. It says it like this. My enemies 
don't be glad because of my troubles. I may have fallen, but I will get up. Come on, somebody. I may be sitting in the dark, but the Lord is my light. I'm going to read that again because I believe there's someone on the other side of this camera in your living room, wherever you're watching from, that needs to hear this again. And this is what Micah chapter 7 verse 8 says. My enemies, don't be glad because of my troubles. Does anyone have any enemies? Has your enemies been laughing at you? Have your enemies been getting the best of you? You may have fallen. Ah, but just because you've fallen doesn't mean you will not get back up. You know, there's this movie by the name of Creed. Rocky Balboa, one of the greatest producers of all time, my opinion. But uh, he, he uh, produced the movie Creed. And, and uh, for those that know Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone, you know, all the movies are about the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the, in, in the end of the story, Creed is in, a, in the fight of his life. Has anyone ever been in the fight of their life? Ooh. Has anyone ever been in the fight of their life? And Creed is in the fight of his life. All odds were against him. His enemies that were against him during that fight were excited that he was losing. And the Bible says he got knocked out. He got knocked down. He got knocked down to the ground. He got knocked down to the ground. And, and the referee, is, he's, he's counting. One. He's down. It looks like it's done. Two. It looks like he's defeated. Three. Looks like there's no way out of this one. Four. Looks like all hope is lost. Five. But my marriage is falling apart. Six. Huh. But I've hurt people. Seven. I've allowed what I've gone through to define me. Eight. And Creed begin to look up. And he looks and he sees his mom from a distance. And his mom said, get up. And Creed, with everything he had in him, he caught up and he rose up. He looked his enemy in the face and he defeated his enemy and he won that fight. And I want to encourage you this morning. Your enemies are laughing and it looks like they're winning. Shame is laughing. And it looks like it's winning. Guilt is laughing. It looks like it's winning. Those that have lied about you, it looks like they're winning. Those that have betrayed you, it looks like it's winning. During this pandemic and making bad choices and decisions, those things look like they're getting the best of you. But I got a feeling, ah, just as Creed's mom showed up and, and encouraged ah, his son to get up, I want you to know you got the Spirit of God. His name is Jesus. And he's saying to you, get back up. He's saying to you, yeah, you did what you did, but get back up. Forget the past. Move forward. Let it go because you're going to look up. You're going to look in. You're going to look out. You're going to dream again. You're going to believe again. You're going to expect again because I got a feeling God is getting ready to do some amazing things in your life. It's not over yet. The chapter may be over, but your life story is not over. God is getting ready to take your mess and make it your message. And if God has done it for me, 
I know surely God is going to do it for you. So I want to encourage you this morning. Today, get back up. Just because you messed up doesn't mean you're a mess up. Don't let your bad decisions to define you. You have, may have fallen short, but I want you to know something. Get back up. Yes, failure is part of life. Yes, we're all going to make mistakes at times, but let's see it right today. Let's be like David and choose to respond differently. Let's not let guilt and shame torment us any longer. Let's look up. Let's receive God's forgiveness. Let's look in and make adjustments and do a self-evaluation. Let's look out. Let's look towards the future and not get stuck in our past. If you don't mind, wherever you're watching from, if you can close your eyes and bow your heads. Father, right now, before we conclude this morning, God, I pray for the mom that feels like a failure, either if it be a small or a big mistake. It's, it's, she feels like it's defined her and is getting the best of her because she feels like she's not doing a good job during this pandemic for her children because she's doing her best to help them out in their schooling. But God, would you encourage her Would you let her know that she's able and that she's doing a great job, that you're for her and that you care and you love her? God, I pray for every person that is watching today, and I declare that you're going to be like David. You're going to look up just like David knew who his God was, and David wasn't afraid to go to God in the middle of his mess. And I declare that over your life, that you're not going to be afraid to go to God in the middle of your mess, your shortcomings, your failures. You're going to be like David. You're going to look in. You're going to do a self-evaluation. You're going to make adjustments like David make adjustments so God can come and bring hope and healing and restoration to your situation. And then you're going to choose to look out towards your future. And I believe, God, they're going to dream again. They're going to believe again. And just because they've been knocked down doesn't mean they can't get back up. Perhaps... You're watching today and you've never given your life to Christ. And you want to make that decision by asking Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For the Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That God so loved you that he sent his son so that you can have life on earth, so that you can experience heaven on earth. But he also sent his son Jesus so that you can spend eternity in heaven. Or perhaps maybe you were at one time you were serving God, but you've fallen away from God and you want to recommit your life back to God. All those that are watching today, do me a favor with your kids, your family, your siblings. Pray this prayer and say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe You died on the cross and rose on the third day. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. God, I ask you to make me brand new in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc slash give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.